Whether you like it or not, you're now a superhero. Very good. Just trying to show you. No, it's I'm done. I'm shown. I did not go to law school to become a vigilante. Our universe is on the edge of a precipice. All right, let's do this. Who the hell are you? That name better not stick. Hulk, attorney at law, only on Disney Plus. Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftover. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. WandaVision. Hello, this is Randall Park, and you are listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Hey, welcome to a bonus episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're we're the the Leftovers. leftovers. And this is, like I said, a bonus episode. We're going to be talking about the first episode of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and we are not alone on this one. Got a couple guests joining us for this very podcast. Welcome, Kevin Shanks from Dose Makes the Poison, the Toxcast. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you, sir, man. It's been a while, dude. It has been a while. Yeah. It has, but I am anxious to talk about this and see where you guys land on this first episode. Dude, I have no idea what you guys thought. I have no idea what any of you thought about this episode. I am going to, yeah, I I really want to hear everybody's thoughts on this. And online, it seems to be all over the place. It's like, Mm -hmm. you've got people that are like, I love it, I love it, I love it. And then you've got like the fucking like, you know, the bros that are like, dude, fuck the energy. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the MCU, it's the MCU. Like, you <laughs> oh know. God. I know, man. Oh I know. It's <laughs> it's all over the fucking place. But we've also got welcome back. It's been a longer time for this gentleman, Steve Hudson from the Heroes of Noise. Welcome back, Steve. What's going on, gentlemen? I'm happy to be here, man. Looking forward to do this review, man. Oh man, I cannot wait to talk about this one. And everybody, stick around to the end of the podcast where I'll be going over some of the rumors about where this show might take the Hulk. Not She-Hulk, but the Hulk after the events of this series. Um, Are we going to be getting that long-rumored World War Hulk movie? There's some new rumors online that I would like to discuss with you guys and uh, can't wait to get there. But... First, we need to talk about this episode of She-Hulk. She-Hulk, attorney at law, follows Jennifer Walters as she navigates the complicated life of a single 30-something attorney who also happens to be a green six-foot-seven-inch super-powered Hulk. This is the eighth television series in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Jay, Jay. Wow, man! I'm telling you, uh, it's uh, it's it's. When did they start doing these? 2021, Jake, with WandaVision. Yeah, it hasn't been that long to be at eight already. That's wow. 
Yeah. I, mean, I guess I could have figured that out, but when you said it, I was shocked. I know. I know. I'm telling you, by next year, it's like we're not going to be able to count these series on our hands. I'm, it's, by what year are there more series than movies? I, exactly. Exactly. Like 2024 <laughs> at this point, at this rate? Uh, I think, yeah. I mean, what, we're at like 20 plus movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're getting there. And like, uh, how long did that take? That took 12 years for them to get to, I think, you know, 25, 26 movies wherever they're at. And uh, yeah, we're already at eight television series in the MCU on Disney Plus now. Uh, this series is created by Jessica Gao. Gao serves as a head writer with Kat Coiro leading the directing team. Uh, did you hear that uh, Jessica Gao, her script for the Black Widow movie was rejected? It was the... Was it was it Black Widow going back to like her her reunion or something? Did you hear about that? I have not heard about this. Did wow. any did anybody? Uh, okay, hold on. It was hold on. I've actually got the article on my phone. I'm just, <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Um, it was she had written. Yeah, high school. It was yeah. It was Marvel Studios rejected Black Widow movie with high school reunion plot. Huh. And it was from, hmm, yeah, in the in an interview with The Wrap, She-Hulk head writer Jessica Gao talked about how she once pitched a version of Black Widow that included a high school reunion and how she worked with her way into Marvel Studios' graces. When it came to her pitch for Natasha Romanoff's solo outing, Gao described it as basically a gross point blank story for the character where she had to go back to the high school reunion and has to deal with the fallout of her fake identity there, where she betrayed all of those people in high school. Um, yeah, you, you, <laughs> that, that you know been what? Fun. Yeah, you know what? I kind of would. I would have liked that better than what we got. Yeah, uh, she goes and honestly. You basically find out that in high school, as a teenage spy Russian agent, she was planted at an American high school because she had to assassinate someone's dad. And then 20 years later, she goes back to the high school reunion and has to deal with the fallout of this fake identity where she betrayed all these people in high school. That's wild. That yeah. is very CW. <laughs> I don't know. I, I love Gross Point Blank. Like if you, if you can walk that fine line between like actual suspense and humor, I think that could have worked really well. But Marvel has a hard time walking that fine line sometimes. Very much so. In my opinion, very much so. It's tough for them. I think it would be fun to read that as a comic book, but I, I understand why they didn't go with that one, because they did need to introduce the rest of like the Widow family with Yelena Belova and Red Guardian. And so, I don't know, maybe you could work them in that kind of a story, like they're still living in that town or something, but I don't know. I, just, I I don't know. I, I'm inter- it's an interesting script. It's an interesting idea. But yeah, she she pitched it and they said no. They went they went another <laughs> direction. We got what we got. So yeah, I saw that news this week and I was like, that is fucking wild. Uh, <laughs> Tatiana Maslany stars as Jennifer Walters uh, alongside Jamila Jamil, Ginger Gonzaga, Mark Ruffalo, Josh Sagara, John Bass, Renee Elise Goldsberry, Tim Roth, Benedict Wong, and Charlie Cox. I hear there's even going to be more cameos and guest stars. And so I'm looking forward to seeing like who all we're going to be seeing in this series. Um, but uh, we didn't, of course, we didn't get to 
Tim Roth. I'm hearing that Tim Roth abomination, uh, Emil Blonsky is not going to be showing up until episode three is the rumor. I don't know if that's confirmed. I do know that critics that were sent screeners got the first four episodes. I don't know anything 100% past the first episode. So everything that we talk about today in theories is going to be 100% speculation because I do not know. Um, Maslany herself called the character the uh, the antithesis of most superhero narratives since Walters does not want her abilities uh, she continued that Walters has a great element of denial in her that's relatable, and Maslani tried to reject the changes in the character for as long as she could to create a fun tension between Walters and Shield. Maslani also uh, was inspired by the music of Sophie, which she describes as a combination of organic and electrical industrial type sounds that felt connected to She-Hulk. She also liked the duality of a woman occupying two different bodies, especially since modern day culture has an obsession with a woman's body and felt the commentary from the series was very prescient and rife with interesting nuance. The character Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld served as a touchstone for Miss Lonnie. <laughs> I can I can see it. Yeah, I can see it too. Head writer Jessica Gao wanted to create a character that had a well-rounded life that has to deal with the unexpected addition of superpowers to her life, exploring her emotional and mental response. I want us to rate this. Uh, I want us to rate this episode. The and then I'm and then I'm going to bring something up that I found very interesting, but. Um, we are going to go ahead and rate this one. If this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Like I said before, I have no idea what you guys thought of this series. This is going to be interesting to hear what you guys thought of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. I'm going to start with Steve Hudson. Steve, what did you think of She-Hulk? I'm going to give it a taste it. I give it a strong taste it. Okay. Uh, do tell, like, why is it getting a taste it? If you want to, I mean, okay. and guys, this is going to be full spoilers from here on out. I'm going to play the spoiler warning. Okay. This is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dick hole. You have been warned, spoiler pussies. Spoilers from here on out, Steve. Yeah, tell me, tell me why this gets the taste at rating. Okay, so when I first came into this, I think, and now what worries me is, I think I'm being hoodwinked because they might have done this weird, oh, the CGI is terrible thing, lowered the standards. So when you watch it, you're like, hey, not bad at all. I'm like, wait, did they hoodwink me but off the jump i was like you know this looks better than i thought it would and i'm not it really worked because i'm not one who likes the talking to the camera thing i'm not big on that uh, i think the only people that can really get away like fleabag got away i'm not really big on the talking to the camera thing and i was like you know what tatiana is just really charming she's a really charming person so her charm really won me over obviously it's great to see the hulk back it was wonderful to see him their back and forth is fantastic there was still some goofy uh, some cgi issues but the story was solid where it sets up a good little i'm like okay i want to see where this goes and by the end especially with the stinger by the end i was like okay i'm in because i turned it off before the stinger and i got a text from a friend saying you did see the stinger right 
I said, no. And then I turned it back on. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. I'm so impressed. So I was like, okay, I take, because there were still like a few little glitches in the Matrix where I was like, eh, that, that could have been done a little better. But all in all, I was like, you know what? It was solid, much better than I thought it would. And I think maybe coming in with such low expectations kind of boosted it up for me. Okay. Yeah. Taste it from Steve. I, you know what? I'm going to go next. Um, I'm, I, I've watched it twice. I'm glad that I watched it twice. I have, I have the same rating through both, of the, through both viewings, though. But I'm glad I watched it twice. Um, because when I first started watching it, I, 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 let me tell you, I think like the first 15 minutes, I was v- very annoyed with some of the, the way that it kind of moved in the, and, and what they did to get her where she was. I mean, it starts off and she's basically like, you know, this is how I became She-Hulk. She's doing the whole talking. Yeah, Fleabag is a great comparison. Uh, I know that the character does it in the comics. I, I believe it was sensational She-Hulk back in the 80s where they started doing like the fourth wall breaking stuff. So she does it <clears> in the <throat> comics. And so they were like, okay, we'll, we'll do it here in this series. You know, So now we've got two characters that do it with her and Deadpool. Um, so far, I don't think it works great with her. Hopefully it'll get better as the series goes on. What annoyed me with this first episode starting off is just like how quickly these events happen to where, you know, she gets the powers. And I just felt like it was kind of like, you know, Jake, we talked about this. We, we were like, seriously, they're just going to have his blood drip into her body and that's it. And that's what they did. And I think there's better ways to do that instead of like what they did kind of like what they did here i think there's better ways of of doing it than him just bleeding on her and then the fact that they just you know and we're all wondering like when does this take place because we see shang chi and he's back in bruce banner form we thought he was trapped as smart hulk and then he's got the sling on and then in this one we see trailers where like hulk isn't wearing you know, the sling, the arm is, isn't injured. And we're like, how did that? And they just write in, like, we're all freaking out. Like, how did this happen? When is this taking place? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to get to when this is taking place because it has been confirmed. But they just kind of like write things in like, oh, you know, I made this device that can, that's calibrated to me. And I could be Bruce whenever I want to, as long as I wear this device. It's like, okay. That just felt a little lazy to me. Now, once I got past that stuff, and once I got to the point where they're training, and they're kind of, you know, busting each other's balls, I was like, I loved the dynamic between them. It's almost like a sibling kind of rivalry, and it's like a damn shame that we couldn't have got a standalone Hulk movie between 2008 and this to have her show up before. I would have loved to seen her just as Jennifer Walters in a standalone Hulk movie and this kind of like relationship that they have. And that way going into this one, you know, kind, you know d- kind of prepared for like the dynamic that the two have together. Cause I loved it. This like kind of like rivalry where they're busting each other's balls. And I kind of loved that. Um, and then as the re- rest of the episode went on, um, I did enjoy I, – I think I enjoyed their relationship a lot. And then I liked the scene in the courtroom where she ha- kind of had to step up. I really got a kick out of that. But um, So I'm going to give this one – I'm surprised. I, I, I was not expecting to like this. Um, 
as much as I did. And even on the second viewing, I appreciated it a little bit more as far as like her interactions with Bruce, because I kind of saw where they were going in the first episode. So I'm going to give it a high taste it. I'm at a high taste it on this one. Um, and I hope it, I hope it, uh, I hope it can get to that Tupperware level. Um, Kevin, what did you think about She-Hulk? All right. Um, I normally eat anything up uh, when it comes Marvel. Um, everything they produce, um, I love typically. The last phase has been really hit or miss for me. Um, I didn't like Eternals. I didn't think Black Widow was very good. Moon Knight was disappointing. Thor, Love and Thunder, pretty meh. Um, and this, I've been looking forward to. I've been looking forward to She-Hulk for quite a while. Um, and once I watched that first episode, I, I've watched it twice and I put it, I put the first episode in kind of like the same grouping as like WandaVision. It, it's very different. It, for me, it was a bit jarring at first. Um, but after watching this twice, I will give it a taste it. I will taste it. Um, it's not quite high taste it, um, but it, I, it could get there. Um, again, it took me two watches to really do it because that first watch I was like, eh. I don't know about this. Um, I, I thought it was a good episode, but the writing and the pacing of events really seemed to get me. I mean, it, as you, you brought up already, Brian, I mean, some of the stuff was almost lazy in points of at the beginning of, okay, hey, let's, let's create a device to do this and then just kind of like write it as that and be done with it. And um, we've all heard about those CGI effects and, and, the Marvel effects artist debacle that's, I guess, still currently ongoing. But um, I, what I really liked, I, I, I really liked the courtroom stuff. Um, I really liked when Titania broke in into the courtroom and then all the stuff just, I mean, shit hit the fan. Uh, whatever that weird flying kick was that she, I mean, she took off and it was just zoomed in her like flying kick, like almost drop kicking um, her She-Hulk. Um, I thought that was like that. the the Johnny Cage flash kick or whatever. You yes, know? <laughs> I lo- I loved it. I mean, it was it was it was so jarring to me that I actually loved it so much. Um, but I, I did get a laugh out of the. I mean, as, as we are in full spoilers, I mean, we did the Captain America Steve Rogers talk, the end credits scene. Um, I got a huge laugh out of that. Um, I love that that they they can go to comedy in that type of, I mean, that type of comedy um, where they're poking fun at characters yet, I mean, making decent points. I mean, and the, the, the one thing that I really was eh on was the fourth wall breaking stuff. Um, I didn't think it worked that well in this episode, but it might in the next. So we'll see how we'll see where it goes. I'm going to taste this um, first episode um, I, it still baffles me that this is getting nine total episodes um, and how much we're going to actually see with the courtroom stuff because we know Daredevil's going to appear. Um, we know, at least I've read, that the Wrecking Crew is potentially supposed to appear um, uh, and other villains. Um, so, uh, taste it. I hope the writing and kind of the pacing turns around a little bit. I'm quite interested to see how this courtroom stuff and how the comedy applies to a lot of the courtroom, especially with the villains. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to 
uh, the next episode this coming week. Yeah, so taste it from Kevin. That's a fair. These are I think these are very fair ratings for the for the pilot episode. We'll see. You know, after you know, I think we'll have a better feel for the show once we get into like episode three. You know, I think it's usually about three episodes before I can really get a feel on something. Jake, She Hulk. Yeah, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, too. I'm going to high taste it for this show. Um, I really wish they would have released two episodes on the first day. I, I thought this episode was a lot of fun, but not really the best representation of what the rest of the series is probably going to be. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. You're not. But you're just, not wrong, because I want to point this out before I forget. At the beginning of the episode, before she goes into court and she's doing the fourth wall break, she's like, you know, I, you know, I'm a lawyer, I'm a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. But before uh, we can do any of that, I, you know, you have to see my origin story. So, I mean, that's I mean, we didn't get to see what the show is, really, because and she tells you that from the get. So I think you're right. Like that second episode would have kind of like let us know what the tone of the show is going to be. Yeah, here's the flavor of the series. I thought you were very smart in your review when you brought up it would have been nice to see her introduced in a Hulk movie before this series because then there you can potentially immediately give us the flavor of what this show is going to be. And that, that might have worked a little bit better. And, and and I say that like I didn't like it. I liked it very much, but it, it felt like a one shot, like a here's the origin and then the series starts next week, like almost like an episode zero. Yeah. Um, I did forget how much I enjoyed seeing Tatiana Maslany on my TV and just how charming and charismatic she is. Um, I honestly don't know if this show would have worked as well with any other actor uh, besides her. I mean, she was just great. Um, I actually liked the fourth wall breaking. I thought the whole thing had a real sitcom feel to it. It almost felt like I know WandaVision actually tried to homage sitcoms, but this actually felt like a modern day sitcom, you know, in the vein of like an office or parks with that, that kind of stuff going on. I like the time. I hope all the episodes are right there at the half an hour mark. I, I think just the, the way this show feels and kind of it's, you know, bubblegum way of going about things works better in that kind of time constraint. Um, I hope we get to see more uh, Jamila Jamal. I really love that actor from The Good Place, and I, I hope this isn't her one-and-done moment. I hope we're seeing a lot more of that character in the future. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you guys brought it up. I love seeing the Hulk back and seeing what's up with him and I the interactions with, with him and Jen I thought were just really, really well done. Yeah, th- this was a really hard one to rate. I watched it twice as well, too, and I liked it more the second time I watched it when my expectations of not really seeing how this show was going to be were kind of gone and I knew what I was getting. So I think I was at a taste it the first time I watched it. And then the second time I, w- I was at a high taste it, just being a bit more accepting of the pace of the beginning going on here. I, you know, for as much as I loved it, I am worried about the next episode, maybe not featuring the Hulk as much because that's the stuff that I really loved in this episode is like her interactions with her cousin, Bruce. I loved it. So we'll see, like, once we get her out on her own, if, like, the rest of the cast can, like, you know, can hold up to, like, what I, what I did enjoy in this first episode. Yeah, and we're obviously going to get more Hulk, but I kind of sense that it's going to be four or five episodes before we see him again. Yeah. Boy, that's uh, unfortunate. Yeah, because I love seeing the Hulk <laughs> in this one. And uh, here, this is the thing I wanted to ask you guys, because I found it, it was a really interesting point. I didn't let it affect my rating, but I did understand what this person was saying. I was I was listening to the heavy spoilers review. 
And the guy over at Heavy Spoilers complained that the pilot episode and the way it sets up Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk in this one, left no real growth for the character. So basically, unlike other characters that we've met in the MCU that have flaws, she has no flaws, really. And he compared it to Prey, the movie Prey, where the character of Nauru had flaws and she, you know, she would fail, but she would learn from her failures. Basically, that eventually, you know, once she learned from her failures, that eventually she learned how to overcome them. And then she used that against the predator at the end of the movie. And in this one, Jen- uh, Jennifer Walters really has no flaws. She, her character has no flaws. She can control her Hulk. She can control her anger. She doesn't need any training from Bruce at all, nor did she need any training when she fought uh, Titania in this episode. She's just got all of her shit together. And that was, that was their main complaint with this one, is that unlike most Marvel characters and the way Stan Lee basically created them from you know the Fantastic Four on, where they are flawed characters, Jennifer has no flaws. It's basically her biggest obstacle is balancing her life as a lawyer and as a superhero. But other than that, she really doesn't have anything to struggle with. Nothing like Bruce. Bruce has, you know, he was trapped by the other guy for two years in Sakaar. You know, like, he, he can't control his anger. And she can. So I want to know your thoughts on that. Like, does, does, does that make a compelling character to watch throughout this series? I can see where he's coming from. And... But I'm just curious what yeah. you guys' thoughts are on that. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I was trying to think of like what I would say is the character's bigger flaw while you were talking. And I guess the only thing they really paint in the first episode is her not accepting the fact that she is a hero. Like her, her unacceptance of being the She-Hulk may be her biggest flaw. And I do agree that that's not really like the most like dynamic thing to watch someone overcome. Um, it doesn't really bother me though. I don't want this to be a carbon copy clone of what's going on with Bruce Banner and Hulk. Like I don't, I don't just want a gender swapped female Hulk story. Um, so yeah, I think it works, especially if a lot of the focus on the show is the attorney aspect of it all. It doesn't really bother me at all. I'm glad the character is not exactly the same as Bruce. Yeah, yeah, the the show definitely acknowledges that, too. Like the dialogue between Bruce and Jen is very honest with the audience about those things that people are describing about how easy she has it compared to compared to Bruce. So I like that they're not hiding that from the audience. It would be a little bit more dishonest if we weren't acknowledging that in the writing. But I think the fact that they are makes me not bothered by it as much. Yeah, I mean, essentially, same thing Um, when when it comes to I mean, you already said we, we kind of wish we'd have had a second episode to see where this is. I mean, really get a better taste of this. But um, I think, I mean, while she doesn't have any presented flaws in the first episode necessarily, I think maybe they'll explore that a little bit as we get into the courtroom drama of it and the comedy the aspects of it. Maybe she will have some issues in that as Hulk dealing with, I mean, as her She-Hulk dealing with what she's going to have to do in the courtroom. 
um, I can see a little bit of perspective that way of of having some flaws in her character of really maybe she has to I mean she thinks she has control over this stuff because she deals with this every day as a woman. But once you get into it in a courtroom, maybe with this Hulk transformation, she won't have control over some of that, even though she thinks she does. Um, and then that could play out in some different different ways while representing or representing someone in court. Um, specifically if you're having to represent villains in court. Is that compelling though? Like for me, I'm just being honest. Like, you know, I, I saw prey. I had no expectations going in. I did not think I was going to like that movie. And then I fucking loved it. And I loved the character growth of that character. Like part of it is watching her transformation, which kind of like connected me to her. You know, I had an instant bond with the dog, of course, in that movie, but like, (laughs) you know, but it really it took it it took a moment for me to like kind of like warm up to Naru and what was going on in that movie. And once I did, I was just like, I love this character. I love the I love the growth of this character, and she's learning. and And I don't know if it's more compelling to do it this way. I mean, I, I guess we got to go into future episodes. Steve, you have any thoughts on this? Well, I now that you said it, I was kind of I tripped out when. She was able to control her, her, you know, her whole transformation and also able to do other things. And he like ripped up the book. He's like, well, I guess we don't have to go through that. I'm like, well, wouldn't you want to know why she can do this? Like as a scientist, wouldn't, wouldn't Bruce be like, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Something's different then. I don't see him just ripping part of the book. I was like, well, we already dealt with that. Move forward. I'm like, well, I mean, we kind of want to know why then. But it's like, no, she can just do everything. I did not even – I didn't really think back on it, but I know in the moment I was like, oh, they're really trying to push this forward. They do not feel like being like, let's give a full dissertation on why the science is weird with her. But they're expecting Marvel fans to just accept it. Be like, hey, we know you love us and we love you, so just accept that this is what it is. And I think a lot of people are not going to do that. I think, I think some people are going to be like, no, 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 no. We don't know what's missing in this show, but something's missing. And I think it's little things like that. I think that will be a big deal for some people. And I, if someone were to tell me that that was their issue with the show, I'd say, you know what? I totally, totally understand it. Because even saying, well, she has other issues. She has to worry about, you know, being a good lawyer and balancing this and balancing that. And I totally understand that. But I don't know if people want to see that as a they also want to see the Hulk situation. Like, okay, we already see that you can control it. How are you now going to go back on that and say, well, I can't always control it. Are they going to be able to step that back? I don't know. Maybe. I hope they can. But for some people, it's just I think it's going to be a bridge too far for them to cross. I honestly think at the end of the day, what we're going to get is just and they've said it's going to be a comedy courtroom show and i think it's just going to be like how is she how is how is a woman that can turn into a hulk going to be able to balance being an attorney and being pulled into the superhero world uh, a much bigger world of being a superhero how can she you know how can she handle these two things and they're going to play with that and they're also going to play with her dating life we've seen like the tinder app or whatever she's got on her phone and uh, they're going to play with that a little bit. And uh, I think it's going to be more of a comedy in that way. I, I hope that the series does a good job. Because um, I have been let down by some of these Marvel shows. 
So I'm hoping that this is one of the better ones. I loved Ms. Marvel, and so I'm coming off that Ms. Marvel high, and I'm hoping that they can keep it going here with She-Hulk. Let's jump into this episode and break it down. I want to talk about, like, people, you've seen the episode. I'm not going to break down everything in it, but I am going to talk about some of the important things. Um, she is at the start of this. She's uh, she's a prosecutor, so she's working with the district attorney to put people in jail. In the comics, she eventually will switch. She switches and becomes a defense attorney defending superpowered individuals. And I think that we're going to see that happen uh, here in uh, in this series as well. And then we jump. I want to talk about the the car crash, uh, her origin story. And um, they're driving, her and Bruce are on, on a road together, and uh, there is, we find out later it's a Sakarian ship, so it's one of the ships that we saw uh, on Sakar when we were watching Thor Ragnarok, and, uh, oh, I do, I, yeah, this is where Bruce talks about how his arm healed while he's in human form, and... Um, we, we saw Bruce in the post-credit scene of Shang-Chi, like I said, and he wasn't in Hulk form, but in human form, and he was wearing the arm sling. We were all wondering, when does She-Hulk take place? And I got this from GamesRadar.com. Head writer Jessica Gao, speaking to TV Line, confirmed that She-Hulk is set soon after Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. It's not like years later, she said, it's, relatively, uh, it's a relatively short amount of time. Uh, that means She-Hulk follows on from Bruce's most recent MCU appearance. He was last seen in the post credit scene of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. He showed up in human form with his arm still in a sling from the effects of wielding the Infinity Gauntlet in Avengers Endgame. In She-Hulk, the smart Hulk version of Bruce no longer wears the sling. And the premiere episode reveals he's managed to heal his arm. Uh, Shang-Chi doesn't have a definite date on the Marvel timeline, but it's set near the Falcon and Winter Soldier and before Spider-Man Far From Home and No Way Home, as well as Eternals, Hawkeye, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, and Thor Love and Thunder. That means She-Hulk is set around 2023, while Love and Thunder takes place all the way in 2025-2026. So, but okay. So, by the time we get back to the movies, if we see her show up, she might have been doing the superhero thing for a few years. Hmm. We might get to see She Hulk season two before we even see her show up in another movie to kind of catch her up. Um, but anyway, the Hulk tells us later in the episode that the ship is a, a Sakarian class A courier ship. So, how does he know that? And why is that on Earth? Why is it on Earth? We're going to talk about all of that. I've got all that in theories for later. But the one thing I want to focus on right now is like, how does he know it's a Sakarian Class A courier ship? So I think we learned that now that he's merged Hulk with Bruce and he's smart Hulk, he might be remembering his time on Sakaar. Because if you remember in Ragnarok, he was Hulk for two years. But when he reverted back to Bruce, he didn't remember anything during his time as the Hulk on Sakaar. He didn't even know where he was or how long he was out. He found out from Thor that he'd been gone for two years, and he found out that, the, as he called him, the big guy was basically t- took over his body for two years. Now, he did fly the Grandmaster's orgy ship as Bruce, but he explicitly knew that this ship that was in front of him and Jennifer was a messenger ship from Sakaar. And that's probably something that he would have learned as Hulk. So now that he's merged with 
the Hulk, he might remember his memories from Sakaar, if that makes sense. Yeah, I follow that. Yeah, I could totally follow that logic. But didn't he say while he was having a conversation with She-Hulk, he's like, I fell asleep for two years? Yes, yes. But so, yeah, go ahead. But since then, uh, he spent 18 months like in it was in Endgame. He says that he spent 18 months in a lab merging Hulk and Banner. And now he's smart Hulk. And so during that, but he never elaborated on like, hey, you know, now that I've merged, I, I, now I remember all my time on, on Sakaar. I've got another thing that kind of supports this too, because I want to point out that in a recent interview for Thor Love and Thunder, Tessa Thompson said that, and we haven't seen this in the movie, she just said this, she said that her and Smart Hulk have been keeping contact over FaceTime. So I'm not sure if we're ever going to see that play out in this series or in anything else, but that's what she said. So she says that they've stayed friends and have kept in contact. So it's not like, so if they're, so if they're friends, cause she spent two years with him, it's not like she's starting over from scratch, right? It's like, I, you would imagine that like those memories now that he's smart Hulk have merged. And so he remembers his time on Sakaar. I'm, Maybe it's a leap in logic. I don't know. I, I don't oh, think that's I, much of a leap. I, he talks about it being asleep, and then he wakes up, and then he merges the personalities. If the, if the personalities are merged, you would think both sides would remember both sides of things. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is why we need a Hulk movie. We're going to talk about a possible Hulk movie. <laughs> Kevin, we're t- I've got it, man. We're talking. I know. I'm thinking ahead. I'm thinking ahead. I, I do. I, I, want- like, I like how Bruce kind of has a flippant line about how he's going to have to check on that later. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a lot of, lot of speculation going on with that. Um, I loved the scenes of like, you know, uh, we, we he brings her to Mexico for the training. Well, they crash. And of course, we talked about the... The blood dripping in hers, and she turns into it, it turns into She Hulk. I, I felt like there's other ways that they could have done the whole origin story. I felt like they could have just made it, and I've said this on previous episodes where it's like a matter of the Banner DNA reacts to gamma radiation differently than other people. And you know, when Thanos did the snap, it was gamma rays. When when the Hulk did the snap, that's why he did it because he said, "I was made for this because it's gamma. It sends off gamma waves." And once those two snaps happened, and and then even Tony's snap, I felt like those waves, maybe the combination of like the three snaps there, would have like affected her DNA. She would have been that would have been the lethal dose of gamma radiation that she needed for her dna to react and turn her into she hulk um but they just decided to have you know bruce bleed on her and then she turns into she hulk okay that's where we're at um <laughs> almost immediately it was like what's the quickest way possible we could do this right. I felt like was the writer's way here i know i know i I mean, it just, it really anything to move this along, right? And then also get them together, get the ship there, get all these things knocked out. Let's kill some birds with one stone. So, anyway, um, it's, a, it's unfortunate that, like, you know, I've made fun of how it's done in the comic book a bunch of times and that they shouldn't do that here. But after seeing this, maybe they could have combined both things, right? Have the car crash happen and then have Bruce be forced 
to give her a blood transfusion because it's the only thing that's going to keep her alive. Maybe that would have been a little bit better. Would he? Like have, he know he knows what he's doing, yeah. but it's either that or she dies. Would he want to fucking? He feels like it's a curse. Would he want to do that? I think if the choice is give her the curse or she passes away, I think he would be forced to give her the curse. How many times have we seen that shit play out in a vampire movie? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm just, and I don't know. I guess that whole scenario takes five, ten minutes. Yeah. Like I, the one positive about the way they did it is the fact that it happened so instantaneously. <laughs> like, I actually do like that because, you know, I talked about liking the half an hour format and just the quick pace of it all. I mean, this definitely helped that out. Yeah. Now, but- I know you guys, you guys actually, you know, you know the comic. Um, that's an interesting point that Jake made saying, hey, just have it so that he gives him a, her blood transfusion. Do Does he know definitely that his blood in someone else's body would make them a Hulk? Because if he yes. doesn't, it would make total sense for him to give her a blood transfusion because he would be like, this is not how it works. I can't just give you blood and you turn into him because I fought a million people and I'm sure I've bled on people before and they didn't turn into a Hulk. So I get why like, Oh, it would make sense for him to go ahead and give her a transfusion. Cause he, I don't see, know if he, thinks he does. Here's a, he does know that it will turn her into something. Here's the thing. And here's the problem I have with what, what I, I understand what you're saying, Jake. Here's the problem I have with it. The last time anybody got his blood was the abomination. And because they can't handle the gamma like his DNA can, and it, basically it turned Emil Blonsky into a fucking monster, right? So, yes. um, and maybe that has something to do with with you know like what they said in Captain America, like with the super ser- super soldier serum that like whatever you are, it uh, it makes you. Uh, it intensifies that, I guess, is like that was what the word I'm looking for. Um, so, like, you know, if if you're a raging maniac and they give it to you, that you're going to turn into an abomination, right? Um, but there, I don't think that he knew a hundred percent that if he gave his blood to her willingly, uh, that she would not turn into some sort of a monster like abomination. There, you're, you're, that is always a risk, right? I think yes. that's also uh, it's also a good um, something that could I mean, could be explored in later stories regarding. I mean, he, he, if he didn't know what was going to happen and he gave her a blood transfusion, or even had an inkling of an idea that giving her his blood would potentially do this, then you could explore that in later stories as well regarding kind of like his guilt for some of that turning her or even allowing that to happen. Um, That's kind of the so. Reed Richards, Ben Grimm storyline there. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Why is she Jennifer though? When she hulks out, she explains it in this episode. She says that all of her life, you know, as a woman, she's been ha- able to handle her anger differently. She, she is angry and fearful all the time because of what she has to deal with in her everyday life. And she's never suppressed her anger. And, uh, when she's Jennifer, so there, when she's introduced to the blood, there wasn't this split in personality because Bruce has always kind of suppressed his anger, and she hasn't. She's dealt with it, so they naturally merged here. I liked that explanation, and I liked the way that she put it in the episode. I think that that made sense to me. 
Yeah, I liked it a lot too. I thought that that speech she gave to Bruce was one of the the best pieces of dialogue in the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, so if if again from a not, I didn't read the comic. So am I to understand that the only reason that not the transformation, but that Bruce Banner turns into a crazy Hulk is because he suppresses anger. If he didn't, he'd be a normal Hulk back in the day. Well, that's the thing. It's like with the comics uh, starting off in the 60s, the way they did, I mean, they've had to change origins and things like that throughout the years. Because basically Stan Lee just wanted to kind of do like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type of character in his books. So that's basically how that started. I think like, um, you know, anything that we're talking about that's coming out of this has probably been done in like later runs of the of the comics okay yeah and i think they've kind of retconned it to where like his exposure to the gamma radiation was so much more violent than jen's right he's like smacked with a fucking gamma bomb in a testing field yeah like that's just instantly gonna piss you the fuck off severe compared to kind of the circumstance here yeah 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 i i just didn't understand her that's the again i didn't understand her explanation i was like when she's like i'm all you don't understand that and i was like i love that that's perfect that would explain why you can control the the transformation but it does not explain to me why you don't go into psycho mode it just explains why you can control it because you have to control your anger all the time but i don't understand why you don't go psycho when you do turn Maybe it's because Bruce's gamma radiation has also mutated, right? Maybe if the same incident happens during Avengers number one, it does make her into a more, you know, compatible creature to what Bruce is in that movie. Maybe it's the fact that his blood is mutated since the, you know, the 12 years we've seen him. That's a great point right there. That is a really good point. (laughs) That's a really good point. Uh, we get introduced to this lab that uh, Tony made in Mexico. I thought that this was great. It kind of explains like where the Hulk was for those 18 months and doing these tests. And um, I love his reverence for Tony when he brings him up to, to <laughs> Jennifer. He's like, yeah, me, me and Tony, Tony Stark. And I was just like, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love the fact that like she's wearing a Led Zeppelin t-shirt. You know that that's one of Tony's shirts. He's always wearing the band t-shirts. Um, uh, the training montages were fun, uh, and uh, it it really did feel like she just didn't need him there at all for any of this, which for me, I was hoping to see a little bit more of kind of like a, a mentor relationship and her being willing to 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 listen uh, you know to what it's going to take to be a hulk but she she really i i kind of understand where she's coming from though too like i didn't ask for this i didn't want this i just want to go back and be a lawyer look i can control it i'm not going to hulk out i'll never turn into the hulk i just want to be a lawyer i don't want any of this and so i kind of understand like why the fuck she wanted to get out of there and just go back to her life but i can see his trepidation about it like because he's had to deal with this since 2008. So it's been 15 years of this guy fucking, like, you know, battling the big guy within him. And so, you know, he's, he's worried about his cousin here. I mean, there, it felt like there, it was a bigger deal to him than it really was to her. Do you think that it's possible that Jen is being overconfident and at some point in this series she will lose her temper, that she just doesn't know what she's talking about? I think that that would be a good way to draw me more into the series. I hope that that's the route that they go. 
Likewise. That's one of those unknown flaws. I mean, she is truly overconfident. Yeah. Yeah. Almost to the point of sometimes being arrogant. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. I, I, I mean, maybe there's a point where, it, look, look, Bruce and Abomination destroyed Harlem in 2008. <laughs> and she doesn't really, I don't think she really knows how fucking strong she is. And, like, she, I don't think she knows, like, you know, how angry she could possibly get if, you know, shit were to hit the fan. I mean, maybe she goes into, like, a rampage mode and ends up destroying, you know, a city block, two city blocks, and that's maybe a wake-up call. And that's what Bruce was trying to stop her from here. He's like, once they start looking at you like a monster, like, it's hard for them to look at you any other way than a monster. That, that was a great quote. That yeah. That was a really good quote. Yeah. That was really good. Now, how much of – did any of you guys register it as more he kind of appreciated having company? Instead of, oh, I just don't want you to be, you know, you're not ready yet. How much of it do you think it was him lo- his being lonely? He finally has someone there with him again. Yeah, that's a great point, Steve. I think it's a combination of the two. Like, you know, like, like mm-hmm. there's another Hulk. He's, got a, he's learned a lot. He's got a lot he can share. And Tony's gone too, right? I mean, that was his guy. They spent a lot of time hanging out at that bar and mm-hmm. of course, he just listened to him talk about Steve the entire time, but <laughs> but no, that's a that's a great point. You know, I I think that he probably thought that this is going to be the start of like him and Jennifer. Like she's going to leave the firm. It's just going to be him and Jennifer and him training her to be a superhero. You know, mm-hmm. and like yeah, even before the accident, he seemed very eager to be hanging out with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got someone that's like him now. Yeah. I mean. Huh. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I think that's going to be like a big part of the show is just her wanting to juggle both lives and not wanting to be a superhero. And I think she's going to be forced to, to be a We saw it in this episode at the end. Um, yes. She's going to have to be a terrible one because if, if she learns very quickly, then she becomes a good lo- – and she's already a great lawyer – and then within the span of time becomes a great superhero. People are going to be like, okay, then what's the, yeah. Like, what do you, like, what is the battle then? You're just great at everything. She's going to have to be either a bad lawyer or a bad superhero. Yeah. Something's going to have to shift here, right? Something's going to have to shift. We're going to have to see, we're going to have to see some sort of a struggle with her character. Something has to happen. You're absolutely right. Can't, well, I just, think it's, it's I think almost the fact that, that. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say it's almost that she's a, she, she will become a great superhero. And on that side, she's a superhero. And then on the other side, as we've already talked about um, in the comics where she's having to kind of merge over into defend like a defense attorney and defending supervillains or. Um, on that side of things or heroes that have gone on the wrong side of things. So now you're, you're balancing being a superhero for the people mm-hmm. and defending potentially villains. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting. Cause she's going to be like, yeah, she's going to be out fighting supervillains, but then on the flip side, she's going to be in the courtroom and possibly defending some of them. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. conflicts of interest everywhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, let's jump to the. I guess we can. Ju- I want to jump to the trial. I mean, they did. They did. Unless you guys have any more thoughts about like her time on the island, that you know, the fight that they have and the the thunderclap. I thought that that was all fun and cool. Oh, thunderclap was cool. Did you notice when she did the clap and she kept doing it rapidly? It was almost like those sonic machines that they were using in the Incredible Hulk. To yes, yeah. That's the first thing I thought about yeah. when, when she just kept doing it over and over and over. Let's jump to the trial. We get to the trial, and we do get a character from the comics, uh, Holden Holloway, who's on the he is on the defense team in this trial that we see here. And uh, in the comics, she eventually works for his firm. And uh, I'm not sure if that's what we're going to see happen here in the show, but we'll find out as it goes on. And this is where... Um, they're talking about a company that might be at fault for some accidental deaths. So people have been speculating that possibly this company, and we, I think we've seen it pop, out, pop up a few times in the MCU. I know we saw it in Loki, but uh, it was uh, the Ruxin company. And so... This might be Roxon. This might be the Roxon company. And one of the, it might be that one of these accidental deaths or maybe Titania was related to someone that was involved in one of these deaths and she's there for her own brand of justice to get back at them. Or maybe she actually worked for the company. Maybe she worked at a chemical plant or something like that. And one of the accidents in the plant caused her to become Titania. And she's there to kind of like, yeah, bring her own brand of like, you know, justice in in that courtroom. So those are a couple of uh, theories of like why Titania actually showed up to this trial. But I do find it interesting that they were talking about this big company and these accidental deaths and Titania shows up. I think those two things have to be connected in some way. I agree with that. Like, it, it just can't be a coincidence. Like, she's not just showing up unless it's <laughs> connected to that company somehow. Yeah, it's not going to be a random occurrence. And, um, yeah, so I think, I definitely think that uh, it could be Roxon. Um Here's is a, that owned by Sony? That was always Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man when, when I was reading comics. Uh, I, you know, it, 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 was in, it was featured in Loki, so I don't think film rights of that company okay. went yeah, over to Spider-Man. Okay, I Loki of it all. Yeah. Um, also, real quick, is she a better fighter than she put on? Or is that hero not really good at fighting in general? Oh, are you talking about Titania? Yeah. Titania in the comics is trained in jujitsu. Oh, hold on. No, 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 no. Not a, no, I'm reading that wrong. I apologize. Uh, the actor, uh, Jamila Jamil, trained uh. in jujitsu, kickboxing, and kung fu for this role. Um, I'm not sure what fighting styles the character from the comics has. Because she got beat fairly easily. Yeah, I agree. Maybe she just got her powers. Like, that would fall in line with the kind of stuff Brian's oh, saying. Maybe the Roxanne okay. accident happened very recently, and she yeah. hasn't 
And this is the first time we see her maybe when they fight again, she's a little bit more trained and ready. That's yeah, true. I mean, and also, I mean, did she know that, I mean, Jennifer Walters is She-Hulk, I mean, at that point? I mean, most likely not. No. So, oh, I mean, no. she was she wasn't even necessarily prepared to go against somebody super powered at the point. No, point. she said uh, before the episode started, before she walks into that courtroom, she's like, there's been no Hulk incidents since I, I haven't been I haven't been Hulk since and I never will be Hulk. So like this was yeah, the, this so, was like the one time that she had to become Hulk because she, she, she yeah, mentioned so, that she told her family and she told her assistant Nikki and those are the only people that knew and Nikki was the one who told her you gotta you gotta turn into the you know, gotta turn into Shulky. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah so Titania was wasn't even expecting a superhero no. to be present not at all not at all I I did I I actually kind of loved this scene. <laughs> And I'm sure people are going to have a lot of problems with it, but I kind of love the fact that you know she had to she had to Hulk out here. It just it was just a cool moment for me. It's like you know Titania shows up like she's a badass and she's fighting with the guards, and unbeknownst to her, there's a fucking Hulk in the room, and it's like she takes off her fucking heels because <laughs> she because <laughs> she doesn't want to don't want to ruin the show, don't want to ruin the shoes. and I'm just like oh here we go. You're going to fucking meet a Hulk today. You know, the, part of me got kind of pumped up for that. I was just like, yes. But um, for sure. now, well, but this was another point where I was just like, okay, out of curiosity for you, I'll ask y'all. Do you, is it weird to you that she was so confident? Like she had never hulked out on somebody and she knew, okay, hold on. Let me take off my shoes and get this out of the way. I was like, she sure is. Because when she did it, I was like, oh, she's going to get beat up because she's so confident. Yeah. There's no way she's going to win. And then she wins easily and just slips out on her shoes like, huh. I take it, and maybe I'm, maybe, maybe I'm wrong here. I take it as, man, she's seen what her cousin has done as Hulk. And so, you know, huh. this is her time to shine. She's seen what her cousin can do as the Hulk. And, and, but you're right. I, there is, the, I mean, in the back of my head, I'm thinking to myself like, She's really got no training in fighting. You know what I mean? And so yeah. for her, but, but yeah. then on the flip side, she is a Hulk. So it's like, yeah, she doesn't necessarily need training. I mean, she's stronger than hell. Right. Even a, even a fucking a, brute force could be enough. A nine year old yeah. can kick me in the shin and take me down. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we've already brought up the element of surprise too i mean that definitely plays a big yeah. part here in, yeah. in her victory yeah the element of surprise too yeah yeah now i did like i did like how she took off her shoes but i know they 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 did i really address the hey i mean she obviously she's still fully clothed um uh, i mean her clothes are a little torn up but i mean they they kind of winked at the shoe stuff but then i mean where they've talked about in the past, and they've actually shown Bruce Banner, I mean, obviously destroying his clothes when he turns. I mean, she's, I mean, I think they're going to have to address that a little bit better yeah. in the future. Um, I think that. Other than making a joke about shoes. I definitely think that underneath all of her clothes, she does need to have, like, like Bruce said, like spandex. Um, spandex, yeah. Yeah, there definitely needs to be spandex underneath anything that you're wearing. <laughs> Your best friend. <laughs> I, you know, didn't we didn't we talk about like in a previous episode, Jake, where like the VFX people wanted to make her bigger, and Marvel kept basically barbying her down, making her smaller. Yeah, 
Yeah, we talked about that. They should have made her bigger, in my opinion. I, I, I will forgive them if she becomes bigger when she finally loses control of her anger. Like if she goes savage She-Hulk? Yes. I think that, that would be a good payoff to not having her bigger right, right up top. Because, man, that would be fucking crazy. I would love that, dude. Did you, do you remember that? Do you remember the Savage She-Hulk? I do. Do you remember that cover? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly the cover. I saw the cover in my mind's eye the second you brought it up. <laughs> it is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I would really love to see that. And I kind of think we're building up foreshadowing it to it a little bit. I you hope know? so, Jake. I hope so, Jake. The only thing that makes me think that we won't is the fact that they are billing this as a courtroom comedy. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. But look at this first episode. I mean, obviously, they can go any direction they want. I don't think it's going to be eight episodes of nothing but courtroom comedy. I definitely think the show has other agendas. We shall see, man. I'm not counting out every episode being a courtroom comedy up until, like, maybe the penultimate and finale. So I feel that, too. Yeah. Uh, we get the funny post-credit scene throughout the episode. She's always asking Bruce about, like... You know, when did, you know, Steve Rogers, did he punch his V card? No, he was a virgin, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, I fucking lost my shit when he basically tells her that he lost his virginity to, like, one of the dancers at the USO shows. <laughs> and yeah. she's like, yes, Captain America, fuck. And then it, like, cuts out. I was just dying. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a great gag I, I thought it was hilarious seeing chris evans react to that on twitter what did he later say on that day as well what did he say he just made like just a bunch of like embarrassed emojis <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was mark ruffalo revealed that um he was specifically told not to tell chris evans about that to let that be a surprise to the actor himself oh that's aired. great and so he didn't know anything about that storyline until watching the episode himself and uh he was very funny about it and we know yeah, that mark awesome. mark ruffalo hasn't always been tight-lipped with shit so no mr stream the avengers movie while he's watching it for 20 minutes until someone tells him to turn it off right <laughs> <laughs> and he's also let slip shit slip in interviews as well. Oh yeah, on talk shows and, and everything. Uh let's see here. Oh, uh I wanted to point out that uh uh speaking with the directs Pamela Gore's She-Hulk attorney at law series creator and head writer Jessica Gao confirmed that fans should expect to hear more about the Sokovia Accords very soon. Quote uh Gao firmly noted that the show will answer the question of whatever happened to the Sokovia Accords. Yeah, well, this show will answer the question of whatever happened to the Sokovia Accords. It'll happen later in the season, but you will get an answer to what actually happened to the Accords. So they are going to be addressing the Sokovia Accords in this series. That's cool. Let's fucking tie that up. Um, I wonder if it comes up as like some kind of defense in a court case. That's that would I'm, be a great way to tie oh, it Oh, I bet, I bet it does. Yeah. I'm thinking that this series could be the launching point for a lot of other storylines that are unfolding in in the MCU. I want to talk about one here real quick before we get back to the ship and like what that means. What are the like in this episode there is the moment where Bruce takes the lasers and he like destroys the blood samples. He knows that he doesn't that these blood samples, like if they get out, could be dangerous. Who in the MCU would love to get their hands on 
Jennifer Walters' blood sample. I'm personally thinking that we could see maybe in a post credit scene, in, a, in maybe the final episode possibly, that maybe somebody gets into that lab, finds a leftover blood sample, maybe, I don't know, Yelena Belova steals it from the lab and then contacts Val Contessa and says, I've got it, now what? And now we've got a potential Red Hulk joining the Thunderbolts. Interesting. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Interesting. We yeah, know we're getting I, a th- I like that way of doing that. We know we're getting we know we're getting a, a, a Thunderbolts movie. Yeah, that would be really cool if they did it that way, too. And we got to once again have the mystery of who is the Red Hulk. Because like, yeah. in the movies, we it won't be Ross. This it time. won't be Ross. And so, so everyone will be like wondering who it is. I, I hope they play it out that way. Yeah. And then how long do you have until the Thunderbolts movie? Yeah. Uh, it's the end of the next phase, right? So it's like so still quite a ways it's away. A, it's a while away. So, yeah, I mean, you've even got that. Um, that length of time where, I mean, you're speculating, too, of what might happen. Let me look up the release date for Thunderbolts. July 26, 2024. Yeah, so, I mean, you got two years to speculate on that after if something like that happened in this film. Yeah. Let's talk about the Sakarian courier ship. What were they wanting? What message were they trying to give Bruce? There's speculation that Hulk, while on Sakar. Maybe slept with a woman on that planet who gave birth to his son, Scar. This is a character from the comics, but the origin will most likely be different and more streamlined than the comics if they do decide to do it this way. So let's say maybe, and I don't know what the specifics are going to be. There could be a lot of different things uh, that could be going on um, here if if this is the case. I, I, do, I do think there's a big chance that we're going to see Scar. Um, maybe this, maybe, maybe his kid is under the control of like a, a, a new grandmaster on Sakaar and Hulk is going to have to travel back there and have to battle his way to his kid. And he might even have to try to, he might even challenge his own son to a battle. Um, if we get this world war Hulk movie. And Scar could potentially be the one recruited for the Thunderbolts as well. I mean, I know in the comics he was part of the the Dark Avengers, which at the time were basically the Thunderbolts renamed. So they could always go that route instead of Red Hulk for the Thunderbolts team. That's true. Um, There also could be maybe Scar sent this ship. To get his father, maybe he needs his help. Maybe he needs to, maybe he needs his father to help him battle the new Grandmaster on Sakar. Um, and this, yeah, will- maybe maybe Bruce hasn't fully remembered everything. Like he remembers enough to know what kind of ship this is, but he doesn't remember enough to know that he even has a son. Mm, I don't think he knows that he has a son. I I I, I think that like he, I think that he knows that Hulk probably betted a few women on that planet. He was very popular on that planet. Yeah. So I think after some of the matches, Hulk probably betted a few women, and he doesn't realize that when he left that one of these women had given birth. And, you know, I mean, it's been a few years, and the kid's older now. We don't know how they age 
whatever alien baby is gonna <laughs> that we could see. Um, I've got a million dollar idea right here. You like we had that sex scene in Eternals. Let's flash back. Oh God! <laughs> Hulk's gonna dry hump someone to the ground. <laughs> Here's a yeah, if, 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 go ahead. Here's another thing that makes me think that we could definitely see uh, Hulk have a son. Um, and uh, this is spoilers for Thor: Love and Thunder. Thor is now a father figure to love the daughter of Gore. So this would make Hulk and Thor both fathers and i'm betting that if this happens we're gonna see uh when we do see these two together again they're gonna have some kind of like funny conversation that deals with them trying to like you know relate uh to their kids or you know talking about parenting and like you know how difficult they're amazing think about it hashtag dad life well wasn't it wasn't it amazing wasn't it like when thor and and cap saw each other for the first time like again in endgame over it had been years they were talking about each other's beards or something i can't or was it no it was infinity war weren't they talking about each other's beards or something i don't remember that yeah i don't recall that oh, but it sounds it sounds like a good conversation i feel like when they first saw each other they were comparing something like oh i know, like you know because cap had that beard I, yeah, yeah. I feel like that it was like, and so i feel like if if Thor and Hulk see each other again, and they're both dads. There's definitely going to be a like, kind of like a dad moment between the two. You know, that's great. Yeah, oh, I love, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Hypothetically, if that does happen, do they? How do they address the relationship between Hulk? Do they give him a show, or do they just like, well, anything? Well, anyway, that happened in an episode of someone else's show. Do they have a like? How do you think that that? Because that's way people aren't going to want to. They're not going to just want to hear a, a side conversation about Scar. Here, like, no, we want a whole movie about Hulk and Scar. This is. I'm going to get into the whole distribution rights. Universal has ah. the Universal has the distribution rights for Hulk, and so that's why we haven't gotten a movie. Um, the early rumor from my time to shine hello on Twitter was that the She-Hulk series is going to end with Hulk being shipped off planet. I personally think that if that is true, that Sakarian couriership, the message they're going to give him is like Doc Brown at the end of Back to the Future. We've got to talk about your kids. And now it's the Hulk having to go to Sakar, and there's this whole plot with his son. And so that would be the next movie, which leads me into this next rumor which comes from Murphy's Multiverse, and it's also been backed up by Scooper Casey Walsh. And it's Disney may regain theatrical distribution rights to Hulk films in 2023. Marvel Studios' relationship with the Incredible Hulk and with the character of the Hulk generally is further complicated by the fact that Universal Studios retained the theatrical distribution rights of the original film and all sequels. This has made it difficult for Marvel Studios and parent company Disney to make Hulk-centered films. Disney and Marvel still hold the rights to develop movies starring Hulk, but Universal has the first refusal opportunity to distribute the project and takes a significant chunk of the profits. This legal issue has led to the MCU to limit Hulk to supporting roles and seemingly avoid solo projects altogether. 
The Marvel Cinematic Universe's relationship with The Incredible Hulk has been relatively awkward since the film was released in 2008. The film was met with terrible reviews and remains at the very bottom of most fans' MCU rankings. Edward Norton played Bruce Banner, blah, blah, blah. Marvel Studios' relationship with The Incredible Hulk... uh, I read that... So they're basically saying, yeah, it was reported back in October 2021 that a World War Hulk movie was in development and eyeing a 2022 production start. That prospect raises a lot of questions about how Marvel Universal legal relationship will come into play. Now unearthed legal, uh, now unearthed legal documents filed with the Security and Exchange Commission by Marvel may indicate that Universal loses its rights in Hulk films in June 2023. As discovered by Reddit user Uvido Ardes, a couple of SEC filings when read together suggest that the theatrical distribution rights to The Incredible Hulk and Hulk-centered films will revert to Disney next year. An official SEC filing by Marvel in December 2006 stated, Universal Studios has agreed to distribute Marvel's film The Incredible Hulk and sequels on essentially the same terms as those on which Paramount has agreed to distribute the other films financed and produced under the film facility. Interestingly, the amended studio agreement, also available through the SEC between Marvel and Paramount, dictates a 15-year deal. That brings us to June 2023. So, if this is true, Kevin Feige at D23, September 10th, might announce... A World War Hulk movie. This could happen now. If he does that, I'm shitting my pants. I mean, well... I can't wait if he does that. I'm excited. But um, how old is Ruffalo 55? Ruffalo's 55, so are they going to just... Have a six-year-old Ruffalo doing it? I don't understand what you're saying. He's th- he can do that. He can do that for several years. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think he's aged. Motion cap, and I don't think I he's mean, aged out of the character. No, he, no? he could. He could be that character for. I mean, he's not. I mean, it's all CGI. S- I mean, Steve in the in the comics they've had they've had Hulk as like a like a like an old Hulk. I mean, like I'm talking like bald on the top and hair like long hair. I mean, he could play same thing with Hemsworth. Hemsworth could be like old man Thor by the time, like in another, you know, 10, 15 years. They've done it in the comics. I, I think it's a, I think that I think they'll let Ruffalo play Hulk as long as he wants to play Hulk. I agree. That's dope. I'm down. So I think I think they'll let him. And Mark Ruffalo sounds up for it. I wanted to actually play this. This uh, this comes from an interview with entertainment tonight where you know he he's asked about uh uh world war hulk and if he'd be interested there's a few easter eggs in this thing that kind of led us down to believe the the world war hulk storyline are you up for a solo hulk movie anytime they want to do it i'm i'm here all right um all right last but not least i'll let you get out of here um kevin has obviously He's down for it. He's down for a fucking World War Hulk movie, and I'm here for it, man. I, I would love to see a great Hulk movie, and I think I don't know who they're planning on. Maybe if, if this is even going to happen, who they're planning on getting to direct this. But I really do feel like this could 
This could set up a World War Hulk movie. While Hulk's off planet, it leaves the lab unguarded. Yelena Belova steals the blood. We get a Red Hulk. He has to come back and fight a Red Hulk after all this fucking shit. I think, like, I think this sets up a lot of fun stuff going into going into Phase Five. Yeah, man, Ruffalo deserves it so much too, right? It's yes. like, it's such a shame. Like he's been our best Hulk, and he's never had his own movie. R- Ruffalo makes every movie better. Any movie he's in, he makes it better, doesn't he? Well, I would. Oh my god, if he was, if he's like, I just signed a fifteen year with Mar, I'll be like, great, do it till the cows come home. I just hope they get the. Um, like you said, I would love to see who they would be eyeing to direct it yeah yeah that's uh, that's the big one yeah who's gonna direct a, a hulk movie who's gonna direct a hulk movie and uh yeah he makes every he he does he literally makes every project better he's like the bacon of acting like <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not yes. talking i'm not talking kevin bacon i'm talking he is he is so good everything that i've ever seen him in he just elevates it he's such a and i love his banner like he just looks like the guy like if you walked into any room, like he's the guy that's not going to stand out, you know. If Dude, you, he he looks, he is the prototypical science nerd. Yes, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, he really is. You walk into a room, and you've got you've got Hemsworth, Evans, all these guys. You're not looking at him like like you're zeroed in on on like Hemsworth and Evans, and like oh my god, like you know. You're not zeroed in on fucking Ruffalo. Like he's the he's the most unassuming. He's definitely that like yeah that science nerd. He's so he's the I mean, perfect. People banner. with five PhDs don't look like Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. True. I'm True. sorry. They don't. Jeez. They don't. They look like. I mean, I'm speaking here. I mean, <laughs> I I just he he he's so good and he I, he just plays the part so well. So. September 10th, we might be getting World War Hulk announcement. I fingers crossed, guys, and Ruffalo deserves this. And I, I mean, if if we can put, I mean, where there's smoke, there's a fire. I really feel like my time to shine hello is on to something with like you know him being shipped off planet. Now I'm finding out maybe you know through this if maybe he's leaving willingly to go to go on a quest to find his kid, and I think that's a fun fucking. I think that's a fun movie. I think him going back to Sakaar. I don't think it'll be Jeff Goldblum as Grandmaster. I think things have changed on Sakaar. We've got a different Grandmaster. Maybe it's Scar. Maybe Scar is the Grandmaster of the planet, and he's got to battle his own son. I don't know. Dude, that would be – I'm almost – if all this amazing dreamlike – if all these things happen – I'm almost sure the first showing of Scar, the first appearance, is going to be a stinger. (laughs) That's going to be the first time we see him. Uh. And everybody's going to be like, oh, my God. And it's going to go off. And that's going to be the first time we see Scar. I'm not a fan of that. I want the first time we see Scar to be when the first time Banner sees Scar. I want to be there in Banner's shoes, seeing that this is what's going on. I think it's a bit of a letdown if we're just seeing him before Banner even knows he's happening. Do you think they'll do a gender swap? Uh, Make Scar a female? Yeah. I don't Mm. I don't think I think it's possible. I don't think they should. I think it should be like, you know, Hulk has the boy and then Thor's got the girl. And, we'll, you know, and I mean, definitely setting up like, it's, hey, that's even more of a setup for another, like another a member to a young Avengers team. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Scar post like his first appearance because it's always been a a troublesome character in the comic. Like they're constantly figuring out ways to write him out of the universe as often as possible. I wonder if it'll kind of be a one and done character. MCU is, I mean, MCU does things differently. We'll see. We'll we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. they do things differently, but they still like will have the same problem that the comics had, where they have to juggle this other Hulk that exists within their universe. And, I also uh, think it, it does maybe go back to like how long is Ruffalo going to want to do this too? And if we do have to have somebody else be the Hulk, we've got this now. We do have you know son of Hulk. Right. Mm, yeah. 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 I could see it. it. It just all depends on the character. I've never been the biggest fan of the character in the comic. Like I love Planet Hulk and I love World War Hulk, but everything Scar was involved in after those two storylines is yawn fucking city. Oh, I agree. I agree. But I think that they can definitely do it differently here in the MCU to maybe change our minds on on the character. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that, that's well, very true. I could feel very differently about the character and the way they interpret him in the MCU. I think since you guys have read the comics, has do you think that they could do a satis like a satisfactory storyline of Scar in a one and done? Like do it really well and be like, that's enough for it. We're all satisfied with that. Or do you think there's no way to do it? I think it could be done, one and done. Hmm. Maybe you maybe a mild setup in one movie and then the next movie finishes that storyline. I'm personally hoping it's not a one and done. Could they do it? Probably, yes. I'm hoping it's not, though. I hope it's more set up for the future. I would love to see... I would love to see the character go forward, see what they could do with him. Yeah, I mean, it, when if you introduce this, I, I hope it's more than just one. I mean, gotta you got to have more. I mean, you got to have a little bit more. I mean, a couple of movies, a couple of appearances, maybe two, three. One, though, I mean, that... I. I feel that way with a lot of villains. Too. Yeah. I mean, you get the one and done villains. They get introduced in a movie and all of a sudden they're gone and you're no longer going to see them. I mean, so I, I just, yeah. I just, I, get, I mean, like a Hella or somebody, I mean, so such a good villain yet they're gone. Yeah. I'll freeze my opinion on that. I mean, I, I just don't know until I see how this character is, you know, yeah. portrayed in the movies, sure. how I feel. But my gut tells me I really don't want a long haul storyline with Scar in the MCU. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm kind of on the opposite end of that. I think that it would be interesting to see the character move forward in the MCU and do it do it differently here. But we'll see what happens. It's all speculation. We don't know if any of that's going to happen anyway. That is all I have for the uh, She-Hulk Attorney at Law uh, episode. I don't know if you guys had any final thoughts. I'm looking forward to episode two, and we'll see if we break that one down next week. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm very excited for episode two because I feel like it's going to be the you know courtroom comedy that we've kind of been advertised, and I, I can't wait to see if I react as well to that as I did to this. All right. I want to thank our guests for this bonus episode. Kevin, where can people find you, sir? Yeah, you can find me at uh, Dose Mix the Poison, the Toxcast, uh, where I just talk about drugs, poisons, and pop culture in the media. What was it? What was it? What was the latest episode that you've done? Uh, well, the latest episode was a couple months ago, um, but uh, yeah, I had uh, Tristan Brown on, um, and we talked about his trip with uh, 
uh, consuming ayahuasca. And then I had previously talked about the science behind ayahuasca and dimethyltryptamine and DMT. And I talked to him about his experiences. So um, I have a lot more in the in the hopper. Just haven't really gotten to them yet. I love how everybody makes excuses for their podcast not putting out <laughs> content on my podcast, Jake. I hear it all the time. <laughs> well, you know, you it's so, definitely a running theme. The, the crazy thing, you guys are so prolific. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not just saying that. I mean, you guys are day, I mean, week in, week out, multiple times, sometimes during a week with bonus episodes and things. It's crazy how prolific you are. I mean, it, it's real. It's such. I mean, I'm not bullshitting here. I'm sucking dick or anything. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, truly. Pro, I mean, you guys are prolific. You you have to be commended for that. It, it, Applause. Yeah, it's 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 a it's Jake. Yes, we are consistent. Are we consistently good? It, 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 <laughs> No, no, definitely not. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. We're basically, Kevin, we're about as reliable as a healthy bowel movement, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, hey, we're very quantity hey. over quality yeah. here at TCL. Yeah. What happens, though, if you don't have that bowel movement? I know. Well, your podcast, uh, is, const- uh, your, your podcast is constipated. There, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> so, you yeah. Anyway, let's uh, take drink your prune juice, buddy. Uh, Steve, it's been a blast having you on the bonus episode. Where can people find you? Check out me and my co-host Dan on heroesofnoise.com or Heroes of Noise podcast anywhere you get your podcast at. And what was the latest episode? What did you guys talk about? Because I know you put out, I know you put one out recently because I listened to it. And uh, and but yeah, I know you. What did you guys talk about? We actually recently had a, uh, uh, it was a Patreon episode, but it was a bunch of music quizzes that I did for no reason at all. Just having fun. We're trying to keep up with you guys. You guys are the prince of podcasts. Like you guys put out a million albums and I just can't even keep up. Y'all are amazing, man. Oh my God. My balls are getting sore listening to all this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! No, I, I listened to you guys. Uh, I listened to you guys talk about the Appreciate the Prey it. movie recently on that uh, on the episode that you dropped for the public, and it was a fantastic episode. So I love how addicted Dan is to uh, Return to Dark Tower right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he's he's loving that. I heard him talking about that for on the episode. real, dude. Man, that guy. I need to get into board games. I really need to get into board games for real. No, board games are so much fucking fun. I will shoot some ladders it up with any of you gentlemen. <laughs> Any day of the week. I'm always down, but it's $20 a game. <laughs> oh, man. That fucking that huge slide that takes you all the way down. Ah, oh, fuck, man. Oh, yeah. You oh, think that, that hurt as a child. Wait, wait till $20 is on the line. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, we will be putting out a regular episode this week. Don't, yeah. So don't. So when this episode pops up, don't be like, are we getting a regular episode this week or is it just this one? You're getting a regular episode, everybody. So chill out. You're going to get it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you later. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. 
You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Could it toss it? Could it taste it? Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover counterculture. Pushover. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are originally good. I've already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.